And we are live. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Holy Crap, the Vlogcast. Vlogcast comes from a skeptical point of view to answer some of the questions of why. This vlogcast started as a combination of spice, spite, and the Streisand effect. Because apparently, when I realize I'm running part of this introduction on absolute muscle memory and autopilot, and think, yeah, I can, I can just go ahead and do that while I hit one or two buttons, that's when I get all kinds of screwed up. Because hubris, thy name is Shujin. Part of this is to follow through with the old adage that sometimes the journey is more important than the destination. Hi, I'm your main host. I'm known as Hubris. I'll be the one that's going to be screwing everything up tonight. Hi, I'm known as Shujin Tribble. You can find me pretty much everywhere under that name, S-H-U-J-I-N. Let me start off by saying this has not been a really great day, but it's got nothing to do with any of this. But at least I've got more than just me on the show right now, so that's good. From the top left corner of North America. Yes, I actually remember the old intros because muscle memory is screw that noise. Dallin is able to make it back for us tonight. Hi, man. Uh, Hey, yeah, a few more spoons in the drawer now. Um, Let's see how this goes. Maybe, uh, maybe I'll let you all know what's been happening to my ass lately. <clears throat> From the Midwest of the U.S., Bridget, good evening. Good evening, and yay, spoons. I'm so glad you finally got a few more. <laughs> and from just over the water into Paris, France, uh, just making it in time so that I can set up your name badge. Joseph, good morning. Good morning. Got you a little on the low side at the, for the time being, but you're perfectly clear. Good. How are you guys? Uh, uh, Dallin and I, obviously, you know, we we get the opportunity to check in fairly, you know, fairly regularly. Bridget, Joseph, how how are you guys doing this week so far? Doing doing okay. I have to actually like go back and deal with people in Meat Space Monday, so I'm a little apprehensive, but. You know, that's that's what things like Xanax and Adamant and things are for, right? <laughs> Just get so, some benzos and all will be well. So so what you're saying, Bridget, is I really shouldn't be sending you like my, my Tom McDonald playlist then, huh? Uh he, he's got a thing about those particular drugs. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I'm either gonna have to have some of that, you know, ambient mood music or benzos just to cope with people again because i've forgotten how to people okay yeah de- definitely not the tom mcdonald stuff because uh there, there are a few songs that'll make you just want to well people <laughs> I, I was gonna say it might not be such a bad thing <laughs> all things considered <laughs> <laughs> and joseph how are you been doing uh hanging in there fair enough uh, yeah, well, um, I won't be seeing my colleagues until next month, but, uh, other than that, of, uh, yeah. Is that because of Le Couf? Le Couf? C'est quoi Le uh, a, lot of, a lot of YouTubers, uh, uh, use, uh, the Couf to talk about, uh, the, um, C19. Yeah, or the, um, Unspecified virus of unknown origin. 
Okay, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, one's on holiday, the other's on teletravail. <laughs> yeah. So, but, uh, yeah, well, things were pretty calm last week, actually. That's good. Cool. Uh, for yeah, good to see you back, Dylan. For, yeah, yeah. Like I said to, to Shujin yesterday, you know, I um, the past three weeks have been good, but it's just been uh, slowly getting more spoons back in the drawer, as it were. What is this uh, term, spoons? You want to take this one or do you want me to do it? Uh, the the long and short of it is, and and I don't remember who started it or where it started from, was the idea that uh, somebody had tried to come up with an analogy to try to explain what it's like when you are – there could be a number of different things, uh, including clinical depression, where somebody has said you have a certain number of spoons through the day that can that you can use for – uh, I mean, the, the analogy sort of breaks down because you're not actually talking about food directly, but no, but you, you have a certain number of spoons in a drawer and each of those spoons is an amount of an amount of, of mental work that you need yeah. to do for a certain task. And sometimes getting a, uh, getting a shower is one spoon making food you know, it could it could be two spoons because you know maybe maybe you gotta you know be working and thinking a little bit harder about a couple of different things, and when you get done with the number of spoons in your drawer, or you don't have enough for something that you want to do or somebody else wants you to do, you're kind of shot. Yeah. And and if you try to push past that and borrow spoons from uh, uh, the next day. First off, that doesn't work out really well, and the day that that spoon comes from is usually not starting off in a good place, and it yeah. just compounds. To put it more in context, uh, and I, I do remember where this came from. I, I remember who it came from with us, and it was it was Jinya. Yeah, she's the one that brought this up. Um, and it, it does it has a lot to do with um, social anxiety. You know, if if you have to deal with people, if you have to be in a crowd, uh, you know, let's say it's part of your day to day, and if you are, you know, if you've got other things going on in your life, those are going to take up some of your your spoons or your mental energy, to the point where, if you're so wrapped up in your own life, you know you might not have enough to actually deal with other people or deal with potentially volatile situations. And if it's a situation that you don't necessarily, like you're not obligated to be in, but it, you know, let's say it's something you, you used to do a lot of, but now you just don't have the energy because you're dealing with all this other crap. That's what it means to, to just not have enough spoons. It's basically I am burned out and that's really what happened to me. Um, I mean, I don't want to take up everybody's time with it, but, uh, these past 14 months have been hell. Um, looking for a job is one thing, you know, getting resumes out, 
getting interviews, getting the PFOs, that's fine. But when you put on a business shattering pandemic, like what we're having right now, that gets compounded because yeah, there's a, there's a level of uncertainty when you're looking for work that's compounded when, you know, there's less and less work out there because everything's shutting down. So to say, you know, I, I tried to do the, you know, stiff upper lip, put on the brave face, but that only lasted for so long. And then you look at the news, you look at other things and you see people in places being ripped apart by the insanity that was 2020. And I, to borrow a line from Henry Rollins, I saw people I know turn into people I knew. I found an ugly side to a lot of people I once thought were pretty decent. Yeah. And it just felt like a betrayal. And that's why I just had to step down because otherwise I was going to explode. Just, and then I got that phone call and I just remember, I remember calling my, my family and my hand was shaking. I could barely dial the number. I think with one, I finally had to say, I had to tell my phone, dial this effing number. <laughs> um, you know, so it's, it's, uh, and yeah, the, 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 my first week back, oh my God, by Tuesday, honestly, by, by the, by my first Tuesday, by the time I logged off at the end of the day, I damn near collapsed at my desk. It's like brain is hard. Yeah. <laughs> my, my head was not used to doing this anymore. It was, uh. It's like, God, I have to think again. Oh, man. Yeah. But oh, now. Why did you have to? Why were you calling your family? To tell them I got a job. Oh. Yeah, because okay. everybody's phoning and checking on me. Like, are you okay? Is everything fine? Uh, my sister was talking about, okay, what what was what was she going to do if if and when the money ran out yeah. for me? And she had all these plans, you know, these contingency plans, like, look, we'll, I'll hold something from you in trust, give you the money, and then you pay it back when you're working and you get your stuff back. I'm like, I'm really glad it never came to that. Because at least you you had that option. You've got, you've got your people. There there is that. Um, Yeah. This, Yeah. I'm 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 sorry to to pause you right here, but um, the way that this is going to turn out, this is actually going to end up working very well into the 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 rest of the general conversation once we get into it anyway. So that's that's an aspect that's uh, that that's going to be wonderful. For the for the record, uh, I have the last of my beers uh, from from the last collection that I got. So this is the Reisdorf Kolsch. We've we've only got one left. Uh, I I did give Dallin a little bit of uh, a little bit of grief when uh, when he wasn't able to make it for the um, um 
the 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 oh god what the what the hell was it that uh that jalapeno pepper ale yeah oh, yeah yeah that that was that was nasty that was that was <laughs> okay just to just yeah. to vindicate myself and make sure that i had no part in this at all i didn't recommend that one did i You know what? Sure. Yeah. Let's go with that so that I've got something to hold over you later. How about we do that? <laughs> so what have we got? Oh, we've got oh, a very... Oh, I've seen this color before. Unfiltered from the looks of it. Uh. Oh, wait a minute. No, maybe not. No, no, no. It's filtered. Never mind. Huh. And there's still more in the can. I'm mm. having a ginger beer. Oh, is, is that water. the? Wait a second. That that ginger beer is that the one that I tried like a couple of weeks ago? No, this is different one. That's okay. Oh. <laughs> okay. Well, it actually I've has heard. little pieces of ginger in it. It's so cool. I'm just thinking back to the last time I bought beer and the liquor store I was at. Uh, what is the male Karen? Chad. Chad. Is it the Chad? Chad. Okay. Well, this Chad, who was older than me and bigger than me, beer gut wise, was tearing a strip off the cashier because apparently certain beers were on sale and he bought ginger beer, which apparently, according to this store's classification, was not really a beer per se. It was more of a cocktail. And he wanted this discount. Apparently, those five bucks meant a whole lot to him. Uh, Okay. I can understand needing that five bucks, especially given the situation we were in. But this assistant manager who's filling in for a cashier who's probably hasn't worked a till in probably 10 years is not the person to yell at for it. No. And finally, the manager came down and just, you know, told the guy GTFO. So when it was my turn, I walked up, put my, I put my six pack down, my, my create your own six pack. Yes, we have places like that here too. And said, Okay, just for the record, I said, I'm pretty sure all of these are beer. <laughs> but if you want to check, go right ahead. And she looked at me and just started laughing. I said, I, I, I'm sorry you had to go through that. And she just goes, yeah, I, I haven't worked a till in X number of years. And like, and then she told me like she was a manager. And because there was so many people, I'm like, it's just, there's no excuse for being an asshole. No, no, there isn't. Okay, so uh, the beer in this case is um, very much just uh, beer. So, um, you know, it's it's not as strong as like the Budweiser kind of thing, which is what I base a lot of stuff off of because, you know, 70s as a kid, you know, come on, you help me out here in the yard. Here, have a sip off of the, the Budweiser because, I mean. Yeah, on, on a scale from one to Bud. There you go. <laughs> Kind of. That's all of that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to do what I usually do. You know, I'm going to let it sit there. I'm going to let uh, the temperature equal out a little bit, see what happens, because, you know, it's relatively fresh out of the fridge. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see where it goes from there. Who knows? Might change taste. Might not. When all is said and done, maybe I'll even finish it. I'm not putting my uh, I'm not putting my uh, my bets on that right now because I'm not a betting man. <sighs> the first Buffalo Bills Super Bowl taught me that. 
I'm not a betting man. Yes, I'm still a little bit bitter about that, but that's a that's a whole other thing. Anyway, let me get things uh, rolling over here because um, because uh, uh, because st- stuff. So, with five minutes on the clock for you, your five minute freestyle starts right now. Or double F, it might be the better way of putting it. In musical notations, double F is otherwise known as fortissimo, which is, you know, Italian because, well, I mean, music notation is primarily in Italian. And F forte is loud, strong, you know, you get the idea. And double well, obviously, you know, that's theoretically the maximum that you should play. There are other situations where, you know, it'll go higher, you know, three, four, twelve. But, you know, that's that's for somebody that's got handlebar mustache like you wouldn't believe and wrote a piece of music called Enter the Gladiators in the late 1800s. But I digress, believe it or not. In this case, F and F. This time it's for Fujin and Felis. We know full well that the nickname that we had for my wife was Fujin. In Japanese, it's supposed to be, you know, wife. Shujin is supposed to translate as, as husband or now, this is where it gets a little weird. Master, and I'm saying that in scare quotes because it's more along the lines of master of the house, you know, like as I've explained it many a time, the kind of same way that Lurch would greet you at the door. Master Adams will see you now. That kind of thing. We're coming up very close onto another year since her passing. And May is not my good month. It's never been easy. I don't think that it ever will be. It's going to be, it's going to be what it's going to be. It always will be. It's going to suck and it's going to hurt. And there's not a hell of a lot of anything that I or anybody else can do anything about. So now on top of that, I'm concerned for Felis. You know, she's, she's been around and she's been in the chat and she's been a close personal friend somebody that I can actually feel like I trust for a long time now and for me to say that I trust someone that is not said lightly at all I have serious serious trust issues and security concerns for myself and I have for a long time There's nothing to be done for my wife. I know right where she is, and every once in a while I will make a, I will make a, a, a dark joke about, you know, you know, considering that, you know, she's literally, you know, in. But Felix, I'm worried for. It's fair to say that I am scared, terrified even, because really worried. She's in the hospital and, you know, I I can't get 
minute by minute updates as to what's going on, which is just nobody's fault. Who in the hell can? The best I can do is just wait to hear and trust that somebody who is in a professional medical establishment, that no news is actually good news. I can only hope. And being somebody who does not believe in a, you know, go ahead and pray to the sky so that things will work out better. I, I can't even do that. So the best thing that I can do sometimes, the only thing that I can do sometimes for either one, for myself, sometimes I talk to the sky. I look for the one star that would have been directly overhead for Fujin when she passed. For her, I'll talk to the sky. For Felis, I'll just scream. It won't do anything for anybody. But I feel like I have to do something. That's about all I can do. It's episode 362 on the docket runner, Long Road of Recovery. We know that uh, stuff has been you know, really difficult on everybody for a very long time now. And Dallin's uh, opening with it all is only just a, a portion of it all. But we're going to kind of talk a, a, a little bit about that. And I will explain when we get back after the horrible scopes, uh, the, the actual impetus for tonight's show. I did go looking up information on Rafe Badawi. We have no new information on him. So as of the recording of tonight's show, it has now been eight years, 10 months, 27 days since Rafe was unjustly incarcerated for thought crime. Our hopes and thoughts are still with you and your family. We are still waiting for you. So with that, with that, how about we go ahead and uh, deal with the horrible scopes? Oh, right. And I got completely off my game, by the way. Over over in the live chat, Stephanie, by the way, hi. Thank you, hon. And yeah, that's – yeah, we're still kind of waiting to find out when Felis will be able to rejoin us again because Lord knows having her type would be all kinds of wonderful. I guess it'll wait. We'll get around to it. <laughs> So anyway, it looks like we got everybody over here, so that works out well. So, for those of you that know what your astrological signs are, cool, great. Those of you that don't, make it up as you go along. It doesn't matter. There are plenty of programs out there that'll tell you, including you could print off a uh, uh, the interior ball for a magic eight ball and try to come up with something yourself. Good luck on that, because there are 12 astrological signs and 20 sides on that die, so go ahead and roll a natural one. It's not going to help you any much better. Let me kick you off over here. Aries, it's just your luck. The world becomes your oyster, and you're allergic to shellfish. But really, who wants to eat raw oysters? It's like putting a slug on a spoon and swallowing. You'll do better just to ignore the world this week. 
That one. And yeah, because uh, because Bridget wants to do Gemini. <clears throat> Boris. Stock up on muscle relaxants and pain medications on Monday because you're going to throw your back out. That food truck will be there for hours, so stop rushing to get there. Look, the, the only thing they're going to run out of is pistachio gelato. And really, is anybody going to miss that? Gemini, you think the world is all about you, and it is. And it is. Just don't let Leo know. They think it's all about them. And now that the secret's out, all your Leo friends hate that we're right about that. Cancer Moonchild. Am I muted? Nope, you're fine. Nope, you're fine. <laughs> okay. Uh, pulling for. Uh, raising sheep is dangerous. They're easy prey for many predators. So, at uh, Add just one alpaca to your flock. They'll protect the herd by proverbially curb stomp the hell curb stomping the hell out of any wolf that gets too close. Plus they eat what the sheep eat. As an aside, by the way, Joseph, uh, it sounds like we're getting a little bit of feedback through uh through you when you're not talking. Really? Okay. Sorry. No, no, no worries. Hey, we, all the different things that we've gone through with with all the different uh, communications protocols, this happens <laughs> sometimes. How's that? Uh, well, it's still coming through because I'm talking, but it's okay. We'll see. Are how you're getting feedback. Okay. Yeah. Jeez, sorry. Is hey, is what it is. Don't worry about it. Leo, that isn't romance in the air. That's donuts. Get vaccinated, bring your proof to a local Krispy Kreme, and you might get entered into a raffle to ride the sugar glazing machine. Or maybe just get a free donut. COVID or heartburn? Enough choice. Anyways, Virgo, your arrogance is almost as disgusting as your denial of being arrogant. Ask the people in your circles and watch them hesitate just before they answer. You'll have all the clues you'll need to better understand yourself. Lever. We think we found a good job for you this week, Lever. Anti-allergenic meals. Chocolate-coated peanuts keep all the tasty chemicals away from folks who are allergic to them. So why not chocolate-coat other allergenic foods, like shellfish? Okay, never mind. This is a horrible plan. So what if you're allergic to both chocolate and nuts? Just kill yourself now and get it over with. Mm, okay. Yeah, I'll be sure to tell uh, the I'll be sure to tell that person I know that and um can I send them your way afterwards with the response? Sure. Remember that's thirteen hundred right. Elmwood Avenue, Buffalo, New York, one four two two two. Dial carefully and good luck. Joseph, you're up. And muted. Uh, is this any better? That, yep. is, that is better. Yeah, okay. I was because on the can... uh, external microphone. Ah. Okay. Where are we? I lost my way while I was trying Scorpio. to. Scorpio. Oh, Scorpio. Okay. The best way to clean towels is to buy only white ones. They can be bleached, whatever you need, without need without worry about the colors running 
It's true. By the way, since it was just uh, uh, Dallin and myself last night reading these, we're kind of like rereading the sta- the same ones that we had last night. I just realized. It, yeah, in the exact same order. <laughs> yeah, it, it is exactly that. Sagittarius, <laughs> we know you hate the winter weather, but look at the bright side. No mosquitoes or hornets buzzing around your head while you're outside. Now that spring has sprung, watch out for bats feasting on all these little annoyances. I wouldn't say no to that. Anyways, Capricorn. It isn't your job to keep the world spinning. That's what Newton's first law of motion is for. Look, if you try to break that law, the punishment will be epic beyond even Dr. Tyson's imagination. Aquarius. Yes, you have made a great decision this week. Please try to keep it in your pants. Fruit of the looms only go on the outside of your blue trousers when they're red, and no capes. Pisces, keep calm and take a bubble bath with a friend. If that friend happens to be the stuffed variety, just remember they will outweigh you when the water gets cold. Have a plan on how to get out safely. And those are your horrible scopes for this week. Remember, if you didn't like them, you didn't bribe us. And considering that nobody bribes us, they get what they deserve. Although I have been told this week that uh, I've been uh, unnecessarily mean-spirited to Aquarius. I need to clarify. I don't write these. These come from the stars themselves. I had nothing to do with it. Not a damn thing. Hey, but you're the interpreter. I, you know, they, I don't know if it's Greek. I don't know. All I know is that here I am. I'm doing my thing. I'm, I'm trying. But uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see where it goes from there. Well, we could read them in Greek next week. Yeah, we could. I'm not going to make the joke. Good man. You're, you're, you're a better man than I, because I was almost about to. <laughs> yeah. I, I should uh, I, I should caveat that with uh, I will not make the joke this week. <laughs> That's a good point. Instigator. All my setting up for nothing. No, no, no. It's it's uh, it's it just might be that the payoff is going to happen later. So now we get to the highly uncomfortable part, where I get to put Bridget on the spot. We talked earlier this week, and we – well, you you would know best what you what, – what can and can't be said. So how about you uh, – you, however you think can be properly stated at this point? Well, yeah, I, can't, I hate to keep – harping on COVID because we're all so sick and tired of COVID and people, you know, saying, Oh, it's just the flu and blah, blah, blah. But there was a patient that, you know, a patient of mine who had been in the hospital since March 17th of last year. Yeah. And every once in a while we had, we had kind of, you know, done a little bit of a check-in whether on air, off air, just to, you know, kind of get an idea as to how things have been going. Yeah, you know, hoping. And the and this yeah you know, person was was finally you know let 
out of the hospital on January 5th. I mean, not completely out. It was, you know, transferred to a, you know, long-term care facility, you know, because of complications from COVID and being, you know, in ICU for so long, you know, 10 months. And it was, you know, one of the first patients that we'd ever had, you know, that, that came down with it. And the person was you know, too young to qualify for Medicare or anything like that. And so I was very, very relieved when, you know, this person finally left the hospital. And, you know, needless to say, they went through hell the whole time that they were in. And I'm trying not to give any, you know, identifiers because of HIPAA and all that other stuff. But then I found out this week um, that the patient didn't make it. The uh, person died March 1st. And it just it just really crushed me after going through all of that hell for so long. To not make it. There are and, a lot of... Yeah, a lot of it. And I, f- I feel bad, too, because, you know, with being one of the first you know, patients that had this before anybody had any idea of what best practices were or how to treat them or anything like that. You know, there's think yeah, you know, there's thinking too, is there anything that could have changed that outcome? But I don't think so. No, probably not, unfortunately. And it nope. just yeah, really cool. Yeah, it just it just really upset me to find out that after all that that just died anyway. So, you know, it's, it's a year that they went through of sometimes not necessarily being conscious and considering some of the stuff that people in that situation had gone through. I sincerely hope they were not conscious for And we've known people through our lives, maybe once removed, who've gone through a lot over the course of a very long time. You know, Dallin is a, is an example. Unfortunately, several times over now, I had to go through for my wife and it was almost three years a slog and eventually you know, only to find out that the the one drug that might have been able to save her had she gotten a, a year in advance? Maybe? Still be? You know, and 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 the stories that she told me of the girl who would be getting uh, radiation therapy before her. And she was nine years old. You know? It's hard to go through what we've been going through with this pandemic for the last year plus and, you know, not be affected. It, it's simply, it's simply not a possibility. So it's okay to kind of take an opportunity now to reflect on, yeah, that was bad. Yeah, this has been bad and it's still bad. But it's not as bad now. And that's helpful. So I'm really hoping that we can get through some of this and we can come 
away with it with a little bit of an appreciation that we're not as bad off as we were. And man, we're, we're fortunate to have been strong enough, not strong, strong enough. And I think that's where we really have to start looking at the facts, mm -hmm. the numbers. I, um, while Bridget was talking there, um, I did, I did a little poking around. I, I lost the link now. I'll, I'll see if I can find it again, but it was a, uh, uh, a website from the CDC where you could actually see, um, statistics by state for COVID, everything from, uh, cases to vaccinations to weekly deaths and, you could see where the big spikes were and you could see where the, like where we are right now, there is an uptick, at least in a couple of States that I looked at, but it's not as, not as drastic as, you know, what we saw even eight months ago. Um, and the reason I say we really need to start watching the numbers is because there's so much confusion out there right now because everybody's got a little, got a little agenda. And I, I, I'm, I'm not trying to sound too tinfoil hatty here, but there are people that are banking on the fear of COVID to keep going to excuse certain actions, certain behaviors to justify things that they are doing because under normal circumstances, or if this ever ends, they could be called to task for it. And that scares the hell out of them. And yes, I'm vague booking the hell out of that one because it could apply to a lot of things. Um, so anybody that's listening to this, you know, all, all three of us, all three of you, um, watch the numbers. And if something somebody says is in direct contradiction to it, call them on it. Like if, if somebody says that you can't, uh, you can't do this because, because COVID. Well, yeah, but there hasn't been a new case in X number of weeks. You know, how can you continue to justify this? You know, it's that, that that's the worry is that people are going to use this fear to maintain restrictions and continue to latch on to whatever power they may have gotten as a result of this. Again, vague booking the hell out of it, but Yo, I, I think we can, I think we can tar a lot of people with that with that same brush. I think it's safe for uh, we Americans to go ahead and say, you know, it's not like we've never seen that happen before. The uh, Japanese-American internments, the uh, Patriot Act. No, we've, we've never seen that happen before. That, that would be wrong. Yeah. That, <laughs> that's the thing is, yeah. you know, never, never let a good crisis go to waste. It is a terrible phrase but sadly it is a motto for a lot of people in 
in positions of power. It's like, okay, the world is going to pot. How can I profit off this? How can I turn this to my advantage? Yeah. And I just pulled up uh, the stats from uh, World of Meter. Mm-hmm. New cases f- reported for yesterday. And I always, I always use the yesterday or previous day or, or, you know, whatever, as opposed to right now, because data has not been collected yet. And this is whatever it is they've gotten so far. New cases. Number two is Pennsylvania at about 1700. Anybody want to take a wild guess as to who's first? Florida. Florida. California. Really? I didn't check, but I was guessing Florida. I was thinking California. Pennsylvania's number, 1737. Florida, 3,319. Yeah, Californians are going back down. It's double. And it's only going to get worse because, let's face it, you know, People want to go for, you know, be late, late spring break or early summer vacation now that, you know, some schools, colleges, universities are out and they don't want to do jack shit. Yeah. And I, and I hate to fear monger here, but, you know, especially with kids not being able to get vaccinated yet. And I'm talking like 10, 11 year olds because, you know, trials have started, but, you know, they're still trials yeah um i um, think i think the one i heard four is uh, eight years old at the moment is the youngest yeah but well, the um, trouble now I mean, they've, is- they've authorized it for like 12 and up yeah, yeah but still I mean- trials on the younger ones but what my concern is is they weren't keeping track of these numbers before but at least in my state they are keeping track of something called miss c which is you know multiple inflammatory syndrome and it's it it's you know um it's related to covid it's something that affects children who you know get infected with covid and they may not have symptoms at first but then they get really really sick and then you know they start having problems with inflammation in their heart and their lungs and their kidneys and it can kill them yeah and we've had 58 cases of that now. And the average age of the person affected with this is nine. Yeah. And they're the ones who are going to be in this situation for the long run. They're yeah. the ones that I'm worried about with people being on the quote unquote honor system of, okay, if you're, you know, you can say that you've had your vaccines and walk around without a mask. I'm worried about those kids. Yeah. But it's the it's the myopia of the masses. It's the uh, you know I was I was thinking about this. Like I, I saw the title of the show uh, earlier today when I went out and I just started rolling it around in my head uh, while I was driving. You know, trying to figure out why. What what is so? Why are people like this? I mean. You see the numbers, you see footage of people in hospitals that are completely and utterly messed up as a result of this. You've got people who've recovered from it, 
And I use the term recovered loosely because you don't walk out of this unscathed from, from what I understand. It, like yeah. th- this will mess you up for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. So why? And all I can think of is, and I, I am going to be throwing a ton of shade right now. So if YouTube wants to demonetize us, fine. But the media has been absolutely no help with any of this. Because Monday, masks are bad. Tuesday, masks are required. Wednesday, you must now triple mask. Thursday, we're beating COVID. Friday, we're all going to die. There's so many mixed signals coming to people (laughs) that I don't think anybody right now knows which way is up. Compound that with the fact that a lot of businesses, like smaller businesses, even when this is over, they're not coming back. People are scared. And when they're scared, they get angry. And I, I, I know it's not just an American thing, but people fear that which they do not understand or which is different. They fear change. And that's where a lot of the, the anger, the protest, I think, comes out is that these people are scared to death because they don't know what's going on and they can't get a straight answer out of anybody as to as to exactly what's going on. The media has let them down. The government has let them down because, you know, Florida says everything's fine. California says stay at home. Uh, New York wants to weld everybody's doors closed. And I'm exaggerating there, just so you know. Not by much. But, but my point is, it's like asking five different people what color the sky is, and you'll get five different answers. And every one of them will tell you that they're right. And if you if you don't believe this one over that one, well then you're then you're the idiot. Uh three quickies. Uh, one, if memory serves, they actually did weld people's doors shut in uh in China, according to well, the- I did. Okay. That's what it, that I was using yeah, that's where I was that's where I drew it from. <laughs> yeah. I, I just mm-hmm. want to make sure that yeah. people understand we're not you, you know, we're not going over the deep end and, and you know, making up shit. There yeah, are real world examples of what we're talking look, about. Yeah. Not, if I'm calling out a dick move like that, I've got sources. All right. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Um, two. Crap. I lost, I lost my train on, on whatever the second one. Oh, the, uh, that um, people giving different descriptions for the sky's color. You know, the problem is how people describe what it is that they see because of what they've been told it's supposed to be. Because my version of blue may actually be different from somebody else's for various different reasons. But I'm not, I'm not saying that anybody's right or wrong on this one. It's just that sometimes it's not always as clear cut, sadly. But the other one. Okay. The last one was, you're going through this, and I hear it in my head yet again. A person is smart. People are dumb, panicky, dangerous animals, and you know it. Yeah. 
And uh, I was going to add, I was just about to add on uh, based on what you said with number two there. Yeah. The color. Uh, a lot of people are splitting the wrong hairs. Agreed. Yep. Agreed. No argument. No argument. <laughs> but the the only reason why I brought it up is that there, you know, there there are times where people will report back because of what they've got uh, already primed in them, and laying that at the foot of news reporting is not incorrect, but it probably doesn't exactly give enough of a story on that. Not the least of which is how many news desks actually have science reporters, dedicated science reporters anymore. Well, it's few and far between. But but these days too, you have you have science, but you also have tus science, D E H science, which is what whatever buzzword gets me my ratings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So again, again, you you got to look at some of these people and. Unfortunately, every time I think of a journalist doing a report on something, I keep thinking of Jim Acosta from CNN. Uh, I'm sorry, but he just, he has the face that is born to be a target for the chicken cannon. I'm reaching back, I know, and I know a lot of people love CNN, but just that guy to me is just poison. Um, But, and, and that's the thing. People are more interested in listening to the op-eds than they are in actually listening to the news. Yep. And that is very dangerous, especially now, because guys like Acosta, um, oh, God, there's another guy in CNN that he's just, he's a total race baiter. I can't remember his name. Uh, but, and then on the other side, you've got, you've got Bucker Carlson. You've got, uh I don't know if Hannity's on there anymore or if he finally bowed out and fled to some island. No, uh, Hannity I don't know. still got his show. Okay. So, like, you, you've got your pundits on both sides. And quite frankly, I don't think you should be listening to any of them. Because, all that, because they're a bunch of opinionated blowhards who are more interested in stroking their own egos than actually informing people of just exactly what the hell's going on. But unfortunately, they are the charismatic ones That's and just it. yeah there's a, there's a dynamic going on there that um mm-hmm. that um uh these talking heads uh you know the top of fox news or whatever um while their 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 viewership has developed a certain quote-unquote tw- trust in them and they trust these talking heads more than what they hear on the news. Like, whatever they hear on the news is a quote-unquote anonymous source. You know, they don't know the person putting out the uh, the info. So, you know, they count on their their leader, decider, provider, whatever, um, to interpret the news for them. Yeah. There's a great quote, uh, if you'll permit me. The mistakes of leaders are amplified by the numbers who follow them without question. Charismatic leaders tend to build up followings, power structures, and these power structures tend to be taken over by people who are corruptible. I don't think that old saw about power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely is accurate. I think power attracts the corruptible. And that's from Frank Herbert. 
author of Dune. Hmm. Uh, and having read his books, uh, he had a real problem with people with so-called charismatic leaders. Uh, he had, he had another one. Um, I'll have to find it, but it had something to basically, if you have a charismatic leader, you better check the warranty on him or something like that. I'll, I'll have to look it. It was just, it was really tongue in cheek. Um, but basically what it goes to say is that if, a if your leader is very charismatic, you should really watch your ass around him because he's bad news. They're bad news. They're, they have their own interests in, at heart more than anything else. But um, it's not only, well, there's a whole spectrum of people in that position because there, there are people who, in history, who have really wanted to fix things and have quite naively found themselves in positions of power and then after realize how gullible most people are, and then been corrupted. And then some people, uh, they know from the get-go how gullible people are. And I'm talking a lot of these bottom-feeding televangelists. Um, Mormons. And, Mormons. Yeah. Um, oh, fucking, yeah, Mr. Uh, Mr. Smith himself. Jesus. I saw his portrait the other day. And that motherfucker couldn't even pose for a painting without looking smug. Who was that? Um, Joseph Smith. Oh, that dipshit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Somebody had gone through all the work to do an oil painting of him. Kind of well, I mean, when, when you spend most of your life, you know, with your head covered in a hat, looking at golden plates and uh, you got to be, you, you got to. You, you, you gotta you imagine wonder. Imagine yourself in that position. I mean, just like. Well, the other thing I gotta wonder is, what kind of balls was that guy tripping when he was doing this? Yeah. I'd really like to know what kind of medication he was taking because that would have to have been some incredible stuff. But like, the thing is, like, I, I think he just started. He started off by doing treasure hunting. He basically clued into how fucking greedy people are. Mm-hmm. And, uh, do you know this story? How he got started? Where he was, um, he would go to a, a new landover owner and say to them, and go, oh, there's, uh, there's treasure somewhere on this territory. And, uh, well, if you want, I could dig for it, but you, uh, you have to pay me. So basically, uh, he was being paid to dig for nothing. That's how he got started. Hey. A, a, a grifter creating a religion. Where have we heard this before? <laughs> yeah, he's even, he was even condemned. I, I, I just don't believe, I, I can't understand why anybody self can call themselves a Mormon today. Because, because I mean, just like it's, it's open, it's open knowledge, you know, that Joseph Smith was convicted. Uh, because they don't, the people don't know any better. It, it's how they were raised. Um, and you look at these, you know, you look at these isolationist communities, you look at the Amish, you look at the Mennonites, you look at the Hutterites, you know, in, in an age that we have now, why would you continue to live like that? And it's just because it's the only way they know and they keep people isolated. That's their only choice. They, that 
in in today's yeah. world they they basically have to either dominate the the greater community or isolate themselves completely from it. That's yeah. the only way they're going to make it, and that kind of describes all the tele the and the um, bullshit that's been going on through manipulating po- politics and everything yeah. over the and past. I, so. And I'll throw this one out here for for the for the Mormons. Uh, again, this is me being very cynical, but I think a lot of it might have to do with the fact that, um, well, you know, in normal society, monogamy is the trend. Now, I, I you know, I'm, I'm not wrong. You know, that's kind of what normies do. Uh, well, in a Mormon society. Men aren't really restricted by that. And I think, you know, certain teenagers might consider that a fringe benefit. Morbid as that sounds, you know, that could be an incentive to stick around that, you know, you know what? You can have her and her and her and her and her when she's another couple of years older and her and her and her, and they're all yours. Why would you want to go anywhere else? And it's funny if you dig down through that um, in a male dominated um, mm-hmm. sort of system. If you dig down, it, you know, at the base, you've got the underlying threat that men are more physically, uh, well, they're stronger than women. It all, at the root of it, is that threat. You will be subversive, or else. And. <laughs> yeah. That just doesn't submissive. Stick. Well, yeah, yeah. and yeah. that just like submitting the other. I mean, uh, you know, no matter the situation, it comes down to comes over might over over mind. So, but that that just doesn't stick. You know, in our information age, it's it's just not going to work anymore because I mean, um, male dominance. Uh, well, as far as I'm concerned, men lost their dominant position when we stopped hunting for our own food. And, you know, it's been proven, not proven, it's, it's demonstrable that uh, women are just as capable of, as men on every other level, you know. So, Yeah, that's not only a thing of the past. I mean, it's been a thing of the past since, uh, hey, almost, in my opinion, almost like 2,000 years. And guys keep forgetting that uh, women who are shorter than them have a statistical advantage of being able to get that one quick shot. Uh, what is it, between the third and fourth rib on the body's left side? Am I, I remember the right spot? Because a little bit of an upward from there. Even up the score real quick. I got the right spot. Well, then, in that case, children have an even higher advantage. Yeah, but they don't have the upper arm strength. That's that's the difference. And, 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 well, there's a question of aim, too. Um, And most kids, before they realize, you know, where that one particular sweet spot is, they know another sweet spot. Yep, that's why they throw Legos all over the floor. Well, there's that, too. But I'm, I'm thinking more, you know, the Nutcracker suite. Not to put too fine a point on it. Yeah, it was. Don't don't tell the children. I don't really think that's too much of a thing. Um, (laughs) 
Stephanie has also dropped something over here, and uh, this 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 bears mentioning. Uh, if one man has multiple wives, many other men have none. Yeah, and that's that's one of the other things in these male centric societies. It's not entirely uncommon for the up-and-coming young blood to be kicked out for some transgression or other so that they can hold on to that dominant position and collect up as oh, many as they can. So Look at, uh, you, look, look at nature. Yeah, you've described herd animal. Uh, yeah. Like, like uh, basically, you've got the dominant male and you've got the uh, under, you know. Yeah, wolf pack, lion's pride. Yeah. Same thing. It's... The young gun disses the uh, the the alpha male, the the lead, and they get kicked out of the pack or whatever, yeah. or they have to be humiliated. And uh, I think humans are a little above that behavior. Uh, should, be? should be, yeah, should be. Now, and this is this is where there's a lot of. Uh, you know, we claim we we claim to be enlightened. We claim to be above the animals in terms of society, but really, in a lot of cases, I think we are very much like them. We just dress it up a little bit differently because, you know, uh, you know, we we have technology, we have language, we have different things, but at the core of it. A lot of what we do in society can almost be always seen in nature in one way or another. We have technology, but um, there's one thing that worries me is it's just how many of us, um, you know, uh, for many of us, a gift from the gods because they have no mastering of it at all. Um, if the power, I've said this many times before, but watch what happens when the, uh, the power grids go down and, oh, I know. and the food chain, the, the food supply dries up. Oh yeah. I mean, we're going to see everybody go back to an animal state pretty fucking quick. Well, I, I mean, if, um, if everything had stayed completely locked down, uh, with COVID, like it had at the beginning, where you know store shelves were suddenly empty and shipping logistics were suddenly completely messed up. Oh, we already saw it with toilet paper. Well, I exactly. But the thing is, if it had lasted any longer, like if we were still here now, where we were then, we'd be very close. I think a lot of us would be in that animal state right now, and. Everybody who fully embraces the Second Amendment would be uh, locking and loading as we speak. And that, oh, yeah, side, um, okay, tangent, but um, I kind of put myself in a kind of um, a funny thought situation. And I'm thinking about all these people that uh, they, they claim to own guns because they want to protect. <clears throat> Um, uh, protect this and that, protect themselves. And I've kind of saw myself in this kind of situation. Like, there's a guy toting his guns and all that. And I'm, yeah, I want to protect my family. And I look behind him 
and he's living in a Kazi trailer home. <laughs> um, but I mean, and it's going back to this basic animal instinct we have. I think really the Second Amendment, why it's so popular, is because there's this underlying. Um, if you have an advantage over your neighbor, you can take their shit. Let's put it that way. Somebody be said for that. Um, yeah, I, I'd sooner have someone you know who can. I, I'd sooner be the person who can provide for my family than just protect. You know. Um, and there's, and you know what, right there, there's a good way to finally circle this back around. Uh, in into the the right proper overall, isn't that really? what we would want societally to be able to help people for the long term for the recovery for the rehabilitation um what do you mean by we we as in the royal we societally speaking i think it, among us yes but for most people out there um well if you rely, somebody who relies on somebody else to make all their survival decisions for them, don't know anything themselves. I think even the concept of other doesn't really exist. I, I don't think it's so much that. I, I think it's more like what we were saying earlier about you don't, you, you may recover from a lot of the symptoms of, of COVID. Or anything else for that matter. Yeah, but you but you don't come out of it completely unscathed and you know, some people, yeah, they'll be alive, but you know, they might not be able to breathe very well, or they might not be able to, uh, Bridget, it, it was more than just the scarring of the lungs. Wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, it can, you know, cause permanent kidney damage there are people that are yeah. now on dialysis that will be the rest of their lives just because of covid cognizant um, functions if i remember right as well yeah uh anywhere you know, where there's um <clears throat> there's um almost molecular level, molecular level um blood uh, tiny veins anywhere oh, capillaries that. and all yeah, that capillaries i'm sorry but it, yeah, it's not just the lungs, it's the heart, it's you know, the liver, the kidneys, the brain. You know, there are people that, you know, supposedly recovered, you know, more than a year ago that are too disabled to work that were perfectly healthy before they got COVID. You know, we're talking people who were long distance runners, doctors, you know, people that were younger and in good shape that can't even walk up a flight of stairs now without having to stop and rest mm -hmm. and you know people that have had to have you know double lung transplants and you know just it's it just does a number on you and then there are people that can't think anymore because they have this constant brain fog yeah or people that are so fatigued that they'll be in the middle of doing something and just fall asleep and they can't control it yeah. yeah, let's t let's take just a real quick hot second to absolutely appreciate the fact that the concept of a double lung 
transplant is even a situation where it's not a, well, they're going to die if we don't try kind of thing. It's something that is like real. Mm -hmm. I mean, where back in when I was a kid, a, a, a pacemaker was, you know, pretty, you know, pretty significant piece of technology. Mm-hmm. You know, when I was born, the laser was only just being invented. And I mean, and, and Dallin and I have talked about the, the, the you know, using stem cells and implanting it onto a 3D printed trachea and getting into trouble because they didn't have paperwork for the air flight. Okay. That was, that was a WTF news segment I did. <laughs> a couple no of years lie, ago. Probably. Yeah, nine years of, ago. No, it, it was it was a little bit more recent than that. But well, even Ginny so, was, Ginny was around when I did it, so it was at least that long ago. Fair. So, yeah. uh, be, because it was one of those like I I used to do a lot of the stupid news, a lot of the not quite Darwin Awards, but damn close. But then I also would throw in occasionally the the awesome news, you know, and that was one of them. Where yeah, these guys got stopped up on paperwork. And what they had, they, they had a synthetically created tracheal piece that was going to be surgically implanted into a person. And because they used that person's stem cells to build the rest of it around the 3D printed piece, that was supposed to help with uh, rejection issues. And yeah, they got held up because of a, of a paperwork thing at the, at the airport. They were oh, wow. just like... Well, okay, so the paperwork aside, but then I was reading what the problem was. I'm like, wait, they 3D printed a piece of trachea, washed it in the guy's stem cells for surgical implantation. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's like, how long before we get 3D printed organs at this rate? You know, um, or be able yeah. to regrow them from stem cells, you know? Yeah. But like, like, yeah, medical technology has, you know, quantum leaps just even in the past decade. Yeah. Don't use um, quantum leaps. Don't use the expression quantum leaps. <laughs> quantum, quantum leaps are tiny and minuscule. Leaps and bounds. Use leaps and bounds. Yeah. Oh, I thought maybe you had something against uh, Scott Bakula or something. No. I don't know. No. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I do, but that's, you know. Yeah. The, the colloquial idea is that it's I got, basically I it. you're changing states almost. So it feels like a quantum leap because you're going from literally, you know, the dark ages to the modern age in a very short amount of time. Um, anyway, um, one thing Stephanie did say, though, successful societies work together. Yep. Okay, circling back, uh, and this is my inner nihilist coming up. We're screwed. Who I don't like because he's such a downer. But, you know, the, the, the black pill is out there, folks. I hate to say it. This is where we have the problem. That kind of society does not come from the top down. This is not something a president or even a governor can mandate without a significant show of force. And you look at places where that kind of enforcement has gone 
has occurred, it doesn't work out that well for the people. You know, you, you, you look at places that deal with these kinds of dictatorships. Um, they will tell you, well, at least everybody gets fed, but everybody is still starving because you don't have enough food, mm -hmm. but everybody gets fed. So are you feeding them or are you just prolonging their death? Because you yourself can't do any better because the society hates each other. It has to come from, it literally has to come from within. And yeah, like you said, Bridge, I think in the case of America, there's a lot of we're screwed going on because, well, a lot of polarization going, there's a lot of polarization going on down there right now. And a lot of people are benefiting off that polarization while others are, um, basically paralyzed by, by fear and hate and, and confusion. And th there is no, there, there's very little trust and very little want to put that best foot forward and be a society that works together. I mean, you can do it in microcosms. Like you could have a neighborhood of, you know, maybe two, 300 people, um, you know, that forms that little community, but you know, you, you don't see that in a city of 10 million people. Uh, I mean, hell you sure don't see it where I live. I mean, we're just maybe above a million at this point. Don't see it I, either. And we've got I've less heard, than a hundred K. Yeah. The only, the only way I know my next door neighbor, who my next door neighbor is, is because I've seen her out on the balcony, but having a smoke, we've never said two words to each other. And I've lived here three plus years. Um, I mean, I'm cordial to the people I meet, uh, there's, and this is the bad thing. There is old lady with three-legged dog. That's the only way I know her. And sometimes it's gruff old lady with three-legged dog because, well, when it's cold out, she's got a mood, uh, you know, well, but, but I mean, yeah, you, let, let's, let's call a spade a spade. Shall we for you guys? When it gets cold, it gets cold. It does. It does. I, I fully agree with that. Yeah, but um, anybody who thinks this is going to be over anytime soon, I mean, they are mistaken. Um, wow. You know, the, there are jobs that have been lost that are not coming back. The yeah. economy is in, an, you know, is artificially inflated. And yeah. so we're looking at a market correction at some point, probably, you know, soon. Of, it's you know, coming. Maybe 50% maybe or better. It's already there. Uh, it's analysts have been reporting that uh, the um, the consequences of spending more money than has ever existed mm -hmm. in your country's history, and there's even plans for more. I, I heard something about over the next couple of years of ten trillion dollars to keep things going. The trouble is, you can't keep it going that way. No, it's, and, it's fake. It's a bubble. Yeah, and they're already starting to see the effects of it, but they're just, you know, stay the course, print more money, yeah, and if you don't it, like it, you're a mystophobe, you know. We've already ah. got inflation going on, and then there yeah. are still, you know, these supply chain disruptions. I mean, you know, uh, microchips are a thing that you cannot get. 
video cards are a thing well that's crypto and i and i'm thinking yeah. you know it's it's gonna be pretty freaking hot in arizona this summer and what are what are people gonna do if they have no ac down there they're gonna die there will be a reckoning for all of this and it's coming and uh, i've i was listening to a couple of yeah. reports recently uh the the economy is showing signs Basically, the bubble is cracking. Mm-hmm. the The egg is going to hatch, and when it does, you don't want to be anywhere near it because it's gonna it's gonna hatch a beast. That yeah. you know, it's the consequences are are starting to happen. And but the thing about it is, what what else can you do? People need money to live. There's no work. Businesses have closed. The government benefits only last for so long, and a lot of people were working jobs where they couldn't put into a 401k or the the maybe the company was run by an asshole who did something that, well, you know what? Yeah, um, sure, we, we'll, we'll contribute to, to EI, but they don't. I, I don't know. I don't know if even if that's legal, but again, I don't know if some people even care. What is EI? Um, uh, employment insurance. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, like for me, um, every paycheck I get, a, there's a little deduction that goes to my employment insurance. And if I ever lose my job, I can collect that in installments for X number of, of months, depending on how long I've, I worked at a company. Uh, and it's just a way to help, you know, keep you going until you get another job in well, theory. Here, um, you can only it will it varies from state to state, but you mm-hmm. have to have, you know been jobless for so many weeks, and it depends on you know circumstances. Yeah, like yeah, if you were if you were you know laid off because of a reduction in force or your business went under or whatever, then you can collect it. But if you were fired or anything like that, then you can't. Yeah. You can be damn sure that it's a thousand times more harder to collect than it is to. It's very hard to collect, yeah. at least here. Yeah. yeah. Well, like, yeah, like for that. us, uh, if you if you get fired, you get it. If you get laid off, you get it. If your business shuts down, you get it because it's your money. You paid into it. You get it. That's just that's the way it is. Well, here, if you get um, fired, you don't. And since we have so many states that are at-will states, they, they can fire you without cause. Yeah. But if you're fired, you don't get it. Yeah. So, you see, that that is a mess up on on that level. That is, that is unethical. messed up. Yeah. And is it, but, is it the, the, if I'm not mistaken, in the U.S., a uh, company can take their, their, uh, their company uh, retirement funds and um, invest it? Yeah. Oh, the Fed did that, did that under Bush, and that was a catastrophic failure. So if they lose on the stock market, everybody in their company loses their retirement. Mm-hmm. Eventually, yeah. everybody loses on a stock market. It's just a question of when. Yep. Because it's just imaginary money. It's that, fantasy yeah. funds. As far as I'm concerned, as soon as some money leaves the company – uh, it becomes imaginary. Yeah. 
Somebody else. We're in a housing bubble too. So the last advice that I saw was if you have anything in the stock market, get it out now and sell your shit. (laughs) Sell all your shit and sit on your money. (laughs) I see a lot of people saying to invest in, uh, in precious metals. Um, because it's, well, it's, it's, it's a little more secure than the stock market. Uh, thankfully I, well, I don't know if it's thankfully, but I have no stock, but I was telling Shujin this uh, yesterday, uh, three years ago, I dropped 20 bucks on Bitcoin. The thought being that, no, well, the the thought being that I was actually going to start, you know, when I had 20 bucks to spend or to blow, I was going to drop it into this crypto account. It never, it never materialized because, you know, shit happens. Well, I was going through uh, saving it, looking at uh, old passwords and old sites that I've gone to for years and Coinbase came up, which was the place I'd gone. Uh, I wonder. So I clicked, got in, fixed my account. Yeah, that $20 had actually peaked at 110 not too long ago. Right now, it's sitting about 85. Now, if you had invested before 2013, um, you would I didn't even be, know. I didn't, I didn't even know what Bitcoin uh, was back then. Your $20 would be more than a, a quick calculation, probably around 460000 That's like, a, what is it, a Dogecoin, the new one that's come out. <laughs> Uh, somebody said if 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 you'd gotten in on the ground floor of that one with a hundred thousand or with a hundred dollars, it'd be worth over thirty thousand right now. So, but even now that, that I I I don't I I don't get it. So I I tend to be a little uh, no. And you know. <laughs> the the trick there is to watch it like is to be very observant of it. Uh, like I might, I might start getting back into it, um, now that I'm making an income again, uh, but not a whole hog, you know, like 20 bucks here, 20 bucks there and just see where it goes. And if, you know, let's say around Christmas time, if it's like lots of money, okay, you know what? I'm going to buy myself a nice little Christmas gift, you know, yoink, and out it comes and, you know, well, what, are you, and- what are you cashing in on? It, that's really funny because for me, um, when it comes to cryptocurrency like this, basically the value is imaginary. And what you're really investing in is everybody else's gullibility. Okay, fine. If that, if that gullibility turns my $20 into 20000 fine. You're okay with that. Uh, and if my gullibility turns somebody else's thousand dollars into a hundred million, well, good on them. Hmm. If, if, if everybody goes in and everybody benefits. Yeah, but everybody's not going to benefit because if you're earning money, that means somebody else is losing. Hmm. Yeah, so, see, I need to, I, I need to learn more about how crypto works then. Um, yeah, it's just something else to think about. Sorry about that. Well, well, no. If we go all Mad Max, then you know Bridget's advice is to invest in uh, tobacco, cigarettes, and adult beverages because you can barter like crazy with those things. Well, I'm going to the country and starting my little farm garden. <laughs> Get into animal husbandry. Oh, 
I just had a discussion with that with somebody just recently, and yeah, it was it was interesting. Somebody's daughter wanted to uh, get into animal husbandry for uh, 4-H, and they wanted to raise a, uh, the like the the guides, the girl guides type thing, 4-H club. Okay. Yeah the the the, girl, the the female version of the Boy Scouts. All right. W- without the controversy, I think. Um, but apparently they had a thing going for animal husbandry where if you had the land, you could take care of a cow and eventually get it to auction. What the girl didn't realize is what happens to the cow after the auction. It typically turns into steak. And that did not sit very well with her. And then she said, well, then why don't we get like a, why don't we get a bull? Because, you know, bulls are used for breeding. Like, yeah. And bulls are also very, very, very aggressive. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, okay. If you want to, you know, have a red cape and do the whole, you know, ole thing in your spare time. Fine. But I don't think they have any armored horses with spears to help in case of problems. So it was it was an interesting conversation, to say the least. Um, the, um let me let me backtrack just a little bit though for a second. Mm-hmm. The idea of uh the idea that uh, that Joseph just had of you know just move out to the country, you know, get a, get a much more quiet life in a, in a, in an area where people help each other, you know, they, they, they farm stuff, they grow stuff. Everybody, you know, kind of pitches in, chips in, helps out every once in a while, you know, I mean, that's, that's effectively what we're talking about when all is said and done on a, on a much lower technological level. It's well, a matter of you, sorry. When you when you dig down, yeah, it's going to come down to that. Yeah. Yeah. And and there's nothing wrong with that. As a matter of fact, that's kind of what we we're talking about before that if it's got to build from the bottom up. It's happened multiple times before. I mean, mm-hmm. we <laughs> You watch the video of the history of the world, I guess, you know, you you see how many times civilizations build up because they can. And yeah. there's the, the quote from the anthropological person who had said that the, the first uh the first idea of civilizations that you would see from uh uh you know d- digs and whatnot was somebody that had uh, broken and poorly knit bones, knowing full well that they couldn't have been helping the the group at large, but they were still, you know, they they still had food and and protection by yeah. the rest. And you know, we we can do that. It's just that for whatever reason, there's been this. What was what was the. Uh, uh, the term for it down the the crab scramble. Yeah, that's not necessarily it, but it feels like it to me. Well, crabs in a bucket is more to do with personal achievement and getting out of a particular societal role. 
that's the analogy is that you're in a crap neighborhood. Okay. You, you've, you've lived there all your life. Your parents have lived there. Your grandparents have lived there. Everybody, you know, lives there. You don't want to live there anymore. Mm-hmm. You want to achieve something. You want to be better and get the hell out. That society will do everything in its power to keep you there. That's the crabs in a bucket is that every time a crab tries to get out, the other ones pull him back down and say, no, you're not better than us. You will never be better than us. You must keep our society as it is. And I I think at the core of it is that the people in general are afraid that if you make it, that means that they had given up and they are ashamed. And you've just shown them what kind of a failure they are by getting out, by being able to get out of the bucket. Can I harp again back to my survive by imitation? Yes, and that's kind of where it goes. Yeah, because anything um, people who don't judge anything for themselves, anything different from what they were yeah. almost indoctrinated with is is dangerous. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's like the um, you know, the kid that goes, you know, the the kid that's been on the farm for all his life and his daddy was on the farm and his daddy's daddy was on the farm and then he decides to go out to school because he doesn't want to be a farmer. He wants to be, uh, I don't know, anything but a farmer. And his dad just yells and screams at him that, no, you can't, you have to stay because this farm, this farm's been in our family for X generations and I'll not have my son, the one to break the chain and try to guilt him into staying. And underlying even that is that uh, people in that kind of mindset, that they're, as far as their parenting is concerned, the only option they have is to turn their children into little clones of themselves. Well, yeah. And maybe a hundred years ago, hanging on to that land was important to the next generation because that really was all there was. But times change. You know, and maybe if you go away to the city or go away and become a success somewhere else, you know, let your, let the last generation be the last one. Because in the end, you know, it's. But look where that's going. Because I mean, even now, um, uh, you've got corporations buying up farmland everywhere uh, because, and like from failing farmers. Mm-hmm. And what are they putting in place? Um, well, there may not be uh, automized cars yet, but there sure as hell are automized tractors. Yeah, well, that's true. That, that is true. So if you're in that mindset and you know you want to go down through the generations, well, that's a that's going to be a dead end. Yeah. 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 In in present with the things um, with the things the way they are, I don't think they should be that way. Where you've got um, you know corporations. Um, as far as I'm concerned, technology is the new slavery. So 
you know, they're not paying any humans to produce, but they're counting on humans to pay. And that yeah, which and and yeah, and that becomes a uh, that becomes a real paradox when you know it, it's like the the manufacturing jobs that have been outsourced to overseas. They still expect you to consume, but how do you consume? when you have no money to do it with and you can't find a job because the job you had was outsourced overseas. It's, it's almost a type of insanity on the part of, of corporations like that to, to take away your source of income, but still expect you to pay for their products. Yeah. Which is why they're only catering to the top levels of. Yeah. Um, the economy, quote unquote. Yeah, and so I think I think you've got a point there about you know wanting to move away uh, from like get out of the city, go go live in a small town, and especially these days with people in more white collar jobs like myself. Um, I, I made a joke on Friday that you know, come July. I'll be taking my weekly meetings out on the deck, you know, with a, with a, well, with a drink, non-alcoholic because I'll be on work hours. Um, but the ability to work remotely for a lot of people means you're not obligated to live in the city anymore. You're not even obligated to go into the city anymore. So you can be theoretically more part of your own community. You know, like, okay, my, my setup, maybe not that ideal, but there's, there are probably other places like in the suburbs where, you know, now that you can telecommute, you know, you, you could be more involved in your area and probably develop that sense of, uh, society once more, even if it's just a microcosm, you know, like, dude, if you don't need to commute, you know, three hours a day into the downtown core like you do in Toronto, uh, I still I've heard horror stories about their commuting. Efficient as the transit system is, it still takes a long ass time to get to the get to the office. Um, you know, and a lot of people are saying that even when, even when it is safe to go back, a lot of people aren't going to because they just don't feel a need for it. Many people feel they're more productive at home now. They're more relaxed because they don't spend two hours in traffic and then come in, you know, already three Starbucks to the wind with caffeine, sit down and, you know, with the shakes as they fire up their computer. Instead, they get up in the morning, have a cup of coffee, throw on a shirt, Make sure the camera's angled up enough to see, make sure that they don't see that you're not wearing pants. Not that I have anything to do with that. Um, and just go about your day. And, you know, when you're, if you need to step away from your computer, you can go over to your couch, relax a little bit, wait for that ping for your next meeting, then get up, go back, sit at your computer, do what you got to do, get up, go back to the sofa, whatever. At the end of the day, as long as you do everything you need to do, that should be all that counts. It's almost like intentionally forcing the grind onto somebody. 
has been detrimental to people's long-term mental and emotional health. Why? Jeez, as somebody that used to work phones for a while, geez, yeah. I can't imagine why a change like that would make people say, no, I don't want to be bothered going into an office where people are watching yeah. every 15-second increments and timing how long it is for me before I come back from going to the bathroom. But now consider this. What if this pandemic had happened 15 years ago? Dial-up internet was still a thing yeah. in many places. Rural wireless didn't really exist in any way, shape, or form. High speed was, I'd say, in open beta at that point, I think. Um, ISDN cable operations were coming online yeah, uh, quite significantly. Uh, fiber um, was for the people in the business districts. Yeah, I get you. Yeah. Um, and then you think about security, networking software, VPNs, remote yep. desktop. A lot of this stuff it was not even on the radar back then. You imagine if we'd had a, a pandemic like this at that point in time, a lot of businesses would have, like, and I'm talking big indus industrial businesses would have fallen apart. Or you'd all be going into work in hazmat suits somehow. If you're lucky. Yeah. So. And, and again, yeah, this is more for, you know, I'll admit I've got a pretty soft job, one that I can do from home or I could do from an office either way. There are still people that need to be, to physically be somewhere. Hospitals, road crews, law enforcement, fire department, uh, you know, all the essential services are still needed. Uh, logistics you know, to make sure the trucks are loaded up properly. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of automation involved with that these days that I've seen, but you still need people to do it. Um, you know, and I, I do feel for those people, believe me. Um, but I mean, for the, for the most part, if, if you don't have to go to an office to do a job, why would you? If you have the option. You'd be a big difference if offices were allowed to have pets. Very specifically, I'm thinking something that's a little less than, you know, something, something less than a baying hound. You know, I mean, kittens. In an office. Oh, yeah. My, uh, my boss, he, uh, I, I've never, I, I've only seen him on camera once, but, uh, he'll have up to three cats in his office at any one time. And I think one jumped up in front of him one time. And I, I kind of chuckled. I went, you know, whatever. It's, it, it's cool, you know. Um, but like he said, um, 
you know, he, he gets more done there. He doesn't have to worry about traffic, which is huge. Um, <sighs> that's three more spoons in the drawer that you can actually put to something better. If, if, if we want to, if we want to circle the analogy back, uh, because yeah, traveling that, and then, you know, do you get to the office on time? You know, that anxiety, there's another spoon, you know, that's just, that's just one more piece that you've, one more bit of energy that you can't focus, you can't use to suddenly focus on what you need to do for the day. And, yeah. you know. Yeah, there are certain pieces that, you the, the intangibles, you don't have to worry about parking. You don't have to mm -hmm. worry about, is anything going to happen to your vehicle while you're there? Where are yep. you going to go ahead and deal with food? You don't have to worry about how much, how much is gas right now? Where are you going to gas up? Yeah. They're, they're, it's almost like taking this extra stress off of people has a long-term benefit. And I know we haven't been talking about, you know, the medical recovery side of it all specifically but you consider we've all been in the middle of a global medical emergency you know it kind of is the still still the same part of it all if you yeah. try to you know if you try to have people be nicer to each other instead of having the middle manager like i said literally keeping a watch of the every 15 second metric and and mm -hmm. giving people shit for it yeah 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 that's exactly what it's like working in a call center yes yeah. i know the um i got a welcome uh conference call from the ceo my first friday nice and it was me and 12 other people who had been on who were on board at that week and you want to talk casual? The dude sitting on a patio, patio restaurant. Uh, beautiful day in, I think it was Orlando. Yep. Golf shirt. Pretty sure he was shorts and flip-flops. Sipping on his iced coffee at... Uh, 10 o'clock in the morning. And we just shot the shit for an hour. Like total casual. And the idea with that is, you know, be comfortable. And in a lot of places, I mean, I worked for an oil company in the office and you were expected. It was suit and tie every day. And for a guy who wasn't getting paid that much, well, let's just say you can find places where you can end up looking the part and maybe not spending more than 60 bucks. It's a stretch, but you can do it. Um, so, you know, there's that stress as well, you know, having to look professional and everything. And right now I can, as long as I have a clean shirt on and the camera sees me from, you know, the, the neck up, 
that's all that matters now. You know, you know, did I wear shorts all of last week? Yeah, I did. I did because it actually was getting warm in this place. <laughs> you know, uh, nobody's going to see my lower half, so who cares? You know, there's a joke about that on on TV. You know, people working remotely only have to dress from the from the waist up. Well, it's true. Yep. You know, um, and I think that will go a lot for overall recovery. I think it'll help us bounce back a lot. Um, once this is all over and we can sort of reevaluate what's in what we really need to do to keep going. Um, it's like I was saying to, to a few people, you know, downtown Calgary has got a lot of high rises. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, one of the, yeah. the, the largest building downtown was only finished maybe, you know, just a handful of years ago. Uh, the bow. Uh, I, I'm thinking that when this is all over, that building is going to be largely empty. There's going to be a real estate vacuum yep. downtown because nobody's going to need it anymore. You yeah, know, we've, and we've talked about that too. Yeah. You know, and some people might say, well, we'll just turn it into apartments. You, you should see how many apartments there are downtown. Trust me. There's, there's plenty. So. So maybe there is an opportunity for for groups to reevaluate. I wish I could. Yeah, I hear you. There's my at least locally here, people are acting out, and it's scary. Yeah. And then we yeah. have you know, our stupid governor. I mean, he's done. I mean, to be fair, he's done a decent job as far as handling things, you know, uh, during COVID and and stuff. But he's made some really, really bad decisions that I think are just making things worse. Um, You know, we have a gun problem down here anyway and a meth problem. And with meth and guns, you know, the two don't play well together. Yeah. But he has, well, it's not just him. It's also, you know, the, the Congress critters that are here at the state level, you know, have this bright idea that we need to be an absolute Second Amendment carry state, which means more guns for more people with no licensing, no registration, no nothing. Just let everybody have guns. Yeah. And you see that. I have a problem with. I do too, because you know, if 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 a gun is used to commit a crime, you need to be able to know whose it is, and I think people need to be trained on how to use them. I mean, at the very least, they need to be registered or licensed. Mm-hmm. But I would be in support of having mandatory classes for someone to own one. Um, it's a, you know, it's a problem we've got here is people are so short tempered now that if an argument or something happens in the street or it's, you know, somebody honks at you at a red light, then people start popping out guns and they don't know how to use them. And so they, you know, 
send people to the hospital with really stupid gunshot injuries that I would be embarrassed to go to the hospital for. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Yeah. No, I um And it's just it's crazy. I was talking to somebody and they were uh, they had apparently gone to a conceal and carry class where they actually learned how to uh you know what what the responsibilities were, you know, what kind of holsters you can get. And it ended with everybody going out to the range. And I think that's the big thing with a lot of people is if you if you want to buy a gun, you should have to go out to a range and actually learn to shoot. And I would be willing to bet that the first time you put that gun on your that stock on your shoulder and pull that trigger, you're going to get a whole new respect for just exactly what you've purchased. I think that's what a lot of people need to do. Uh, I, I heard a story of, and again, this this happened uh, in Mississippi where, okay, uh, DLDR, dude walks into a convenience store to rob the place, pulls a gun. Seven people are in the convenience store. Five of them draw down on the guy and hold him there till the police show up. And here I thought it was going to be one of those pulls a gun, which promptly topples out of his hand onto the countertop. Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, apparently, this guy just thought that he was cool because he had a gun. But yeah, five other people said, uh, no, son, that is not how we do things here. You need to calm down. Uh, just waiting there for the police. And of course, uh, Mississippi is one of those states that has the castle doctrine. Which means if someone breaks into your house, you have the legal right to blow them in half with a shotgun. Yeah, that's wonderful. It is but, what it is. It's a, no, I mean, no. if somebody came into my house, I probably would not have a problem shooting them. That's the thing. You know, that's the cat. I had somebody try to get in my house before, and it was scary as hell. Yeah. And the thing about it is, I mean, we lived, you know, in downtown Little Rock at the time. And the thing about it was, it was somebody trying to come in a little before 6 a.m. on a work day when all the neighbors were still home getting ready for work. And he kept trying to bust the door down. And he could see my face, I could see his face, and he even saw my husband's face, and he still kept trying to bust the door down. And I don't think he was coming in for croissant and coffee. Well, did you head croissant and coffee out? For him? Oh, hell no. Um, but, you know, but my husband ended up going back to the bedroom and grabbing thirty eight and pointing it at the dude through the window, and then he decided maybe he'd better leave. But had my husband not done that, then, you know, I'm sure that he would have done something horrible to one or both of us. We've only got a pretty brazen to do that at that time in the morning when all the neighbors are home. I mean, shit. Yeah. We're getting uh, we're getting pretty close to uh, needing to see about wrapping up. Uh, Dallin and I have had. uh, a little bit more talk time. So I think, uh, well, I mean, what I find funny about it though, I mean, and, and, and please be laughing. I I really hope 
you know, the times when you finally say, you know what? Yeah. Okay. I, I think I'll, I'll step my toe in and all of a sudden you're all the way up to the top of your head. So, <laughs> you know, uh, what, what, what's, what's the old joke? You had n- nobody grabbed you and dragged you in here, Wallflower. You did that on your own. Good to you know, have you here, Dallin. I'm just saying. Yeah, you know, but I mean, you know, if I if I'm going too much, y'all have every right to tell me just to shut the hell up so you can get a word in edgewise, you know? No, this was great. And I'm so glad that you're here. Yeah. <laughs> so you well, had a lot of we had a lot of catching up to do. <clears throat> All true. that pent up. <laughs> true. Yeah, oh yeah. Um you caught me in a good mood, and I'm 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 very happy for that. <laughs> okay. So, how about we just gonna uh, take a little bit of a backseat? Um, well, I mean, we've only got a couple of minutes uh, left before we gotta properly close it up. Uh, Joseph, what's still left for you to uh, to put there for for us for tonight? I'm good for tonight. Well, that makes it easy. Bridget, how about for you? Well, I mean, I haven't had a a haircut or anything done to my hair since March eighteenth of last year, <laughs> and I finally have an appointment scheduled, but it's not until June because the stylist was booked up. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> so I'm actually going to get something done to my hair in a few weeks. But yeah, this uh, this whole past year and some change has been just hella traumatic. And I don't, I mean, we're not ever, there is not going to be going back to the way that it was. This is the new normal and we're still trying to figure out what that looks like. I guess that's it. You know, it's fair to say that. I mean, trying to figure out what th- the new norm is. I mean, people have pointed out, you know, the the old norm was literally killing us, and we didn't even realize it. Yeah. And part of that is, you know, the the pandemic that came in and and bitch slapped everybody across the top of the head, and that like I said, is a piece where it showed in very stark relief the difference between just a little bit of care, just the the, the minorest of care for each other would make all the difference in the world. And in this incredible technological age, one of the one of the greatest and simplest things for trying to help each other out, Homemade pieces of cloth to put over your face so you don't cough on anybody. I mean, this is something that they've been doing in Asia for literal decades. You got a cold, you got sniffles, you don't want people to be necessarily around you, and you don't want to be accidentally sneezing on somebody. You, you, you put one on, and, mm-hmm. and if you can still go about your day, you do that. And it's because culturally, that's what you do. Because from the ground up, it helps 
everybody else around with the absolute bare minimum of effort. And if only we could do that to help each other through in so many other pieces, this recovery that we've got is going to take so much longer because there are people who don't even want to be bothered with just this little bit. And for those of you that say, I can't breathe when I'm walking around with one of these. Oh, don't get me started on I can't breathe. For those of you that say, I can't breathe with one of these because while I'm walking around, the problem is that you are out of shape and you've been sedentary. It's not that you can't breathe. Is that you're out of shape and just can't breathe anyway would make I, a I damn difference. Have, I just have one thing to say about uh, people who uh, I can't breathe. Um, drama queen. That's fair. That's fair. Especially yeah. with a surgical mask. I mean, oh, I got, I, I got two words for you. Two, two little words. You can't breathe. Pulmonary embolism. Yeah. That's when you really can't breathe. True that. And if one of the largest effects of COVID are, is blood clots, that's what can happen. It's happened to me. And that I made it through that one and two more. There are many people who actually consider me blessed because of that. I was just damn lucky. Yeah, you were. Yeah. So, yeah, you, you can't breathe because of a little piece of cloth on your face. Um, tell me how much you're going to be breathing right before they stick the ventilator down your throat. Yep. Because that's what you're risking. It is safe to say that that is not a pleasant experience, and let's just leave it there yeah. for reasons. So, folks, as always, thank you very much for being with us. We hope that you found something worthwhile in all of our perspectives, and you got something to think about for the weeks ahead. Guys, thanks for being able to make it. Joseph, you take care of yourself, and um, you know, just... As always, be safe. I hope things work out well for you the upcoming week. Yeah, well, you too, sir. Thank you. Bridget, you too. You try to take care of yourself, would you please? Yeah, I will. I will do my best. Monday is going to be a challenge, and hopefully I won't kill anybody. <laughs> hopefully they won't kill me. I would very much appreciate that if you didn't. <laughs> yeah, uh, no matter what happens, I am wearing a mask, and people can just kiss my butt. Or not, considering that there are receptors down there, and we we don't want that. To well, there are receptors down there, but, I don't, don't. you know, if anybody's got a problem with it, they can just go fuck themselves. Speaking of which, let's see, how, how many are we going to get today? Uh, because the there's the, the people that want to be uh, – Crafty and crazy with you, so that, that that's one group. 
Um, let's see who else are we gonna get over here. Um, well, we could we 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 could add to the group. Um, whoever it is that's dragging their feet at DOJ, but I, I, I'm that's just me, right? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Mike Pence. Mike Pence is a good one. And about 99% of the people in the GOP. Yep, that's true. And the crazy people that are doing the audit in Arizona. What the hell? That's a... F- mm, not a power 10, not a power 10, not a power 10. Oh, God. They're, yeah. they're, they're still kicking that horse? Dude, Yes, we'll they are. We'll, uh, talk. We'll, we'll talk. There's an official statement out from the former guy. We'll talk. And, of course, Mr. Matt Gates, soon to be Uh, interned somewhere. How about we get, how about we put him in, um, in uh, the Magic the Gathering chick and just put them in the same cell? That'd be nice. All I can say is tick tock, Matt. Monday should be interesting for you, buddy. We'll have to wait on that. So you take care of yourself. Thank you. And Dallin, welcome home, buddy. It was fun. It's been a while. Uh, good, good to see I still got the chops of this. Oh, yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, and uh, thanks to some new software I've discovered, uh should be able to get this uh, audio episode up as soon as YouTube lets me uh, grab the audio. So that will be over at holycrapthevlogcast.com, uh, which is up to date <laughs> as of now. Uh, kind of slipped there. And then, of course, I'm still working on my own projects. Uh, got my own blog over at inthewind.yo5.ca and... Still doing the uh, audio blog of a wannabe podcast novelist over at uh, kickit.yo5.ca. Good job, man. Seriously, thank you. Over in the live chat, Stephanie, uh, sorry you're all alone tonight, but you know, glad you're able to make it. You take good care of yourself, huh? Seriously. Just, you know, we concern for you over there. Just be careful. And, um, of course, as always, all the information that we need is over at holycrapthevlogcast.com. Phone number, if you'd like to leave a message, is 859-HCTV-554-859-428-8554. Um, I don't know what's going to be happening for next week at the moment. Um, the next week or two may be hit or miss for the first time in a while. We will We will see how that plays out at the moment. Um, the reasons, the Lisa, not the Lisa, which is next week marks 16 years since we lost my wife on the 22nd. So I'm very likely going to be taking a little bit of, uh, a little bit of mental time, which, uh, I know for well that there have been a bunch of people who've said, you know, you take whatever time you need. Yeah. I don't really feel like I should sometimes, but you know, what can I tell you? It's got a Superman complex, I guess. In any case, please stay safe. 
If you're eligible for vaccinations, please, please, Willie, do it. Wear your masks. Be careful. And thank you for being with us. So until the next time, as always, I wish you all the peace I no longer have. I wish you the strength that I've learned. I wish you well. 16 years. I am still, I am still in love. Matane Fujin, I love you. I miss you. Dream of me. Till the next time we get together, everyone, as always, good night. You've been listening to Holy Crap, the Vlogcast. Feel free to leave a comment at the show's website at holycrapthevlogcast.com, where you'll also find links to our Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter pages. Theme music is Twisted by Kevin McLeod, available at incompetech.com. And on behalf of all of us here, thank you for listening.